You are listening to the Courageous Living Podcast with certified life coaches and ministry leaders, Sarah Tolbert and Heidi McLean. The Courageous Living Podcast is about you and how you can live courageously in spite of fear and past experiences. Their goal is to empower you with knowledge, skills, and techniques they share with their clients to help you live a more joyful, purposeful, and fulfilling life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Courageous Living Podcast. Sarah and I are excited to have you join us today. Courageous Living is about moving forward despite adversity or feeling afraid. It's about being willing to take a risk, stepping outside your comfort zone, and becoming the best version of you. And we're here to help you do just that. At the beginning of each episode, Sarah and I will be sharing something that happened the past week that gave us a sense of accomplishment or fulfillment, and we're going to call it our win. It's a way to help break the ice and give you a sneak peek into our lives and let you see what motivates us. Following our win, we'll talk about the topic for this week, and at the end, we will wrap it up with a challenge just for you so that you too can have a win of your own for the week. Heidi, what was your win this week? My win this week was being prepared. As you well know, we had an unprecedented snowstorm that left our family without power for 80% of the time. Snowmageddon. Yeah, (laughs) yikes. And although it was not ideal, we as a family, we were okay. And we had camp stoves with fuel so we could cook when our power was out. We had lanterns and candles to use for lighting. Thankfully, we had firewood and matches that we were able to burn to help keep us warm. Our laundry was already clean for the week, so we had clothes. I understand that was a big problem for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had to be smelly. Yep. (laughs) So at least we could tolerate each other. (laughs) We had warm sleeping bags and blankets, and we had grab-and-go food on hand, like apples and bananas or protein bars and things like that. And uh, we had water and juice. And the cool thing is we just played card games, did puzzles, took naps. That was an awesome benefit. Nice. (laughs) And you know, really the only thing that really was kind of annoying was the fact that we felt isolated because we couldn't connect to the internet. But, you know, we had food, we had shelter, we were with family, we were warm. And so I am so grateful we had already had those preparations made ahead of time so that when it hit, it made it comfortable and manageable. So that's what I'm calling my win. That's awesome. I would call that a win too. I mean, you know, we were a little bit prepared too. We didn't know really that that was going to happen, obviously, but we were a little bit more prepared because I thought, what if? (laughs) So that's awesome. Good for you. Well, so my win, well, actually, I have a big problem. I'm a procrastinator, (laughs) not on everything, but just on things that I know are going to take a lot of thought and care to do. So I don't like to make mistakes because I act in haste. Mm -hmm. So for something I feel is really important, I really want to take my time and thought and preparation on it, which unfortunately causes me to procrastinate. And so when I do that, I tend to just put off the tasks. And especially if there's not a deadline or a time constraint on it, I'll just kind of 
put it on my calendar to remind me and then I'll just be like, you know, that's not really a priority right now today. I'll just, <laughs> you know, move it to tomorrow. It's fine. And then that tomorrow becomes six months later and I finally take care of it. I know it's so <laughs> ridiculous, but that's just what my brain does to me. <laughs> but this week it was different. I was highly motivated to get these things off of my calendar. So for example, I needed to make a bunch of videos for friends' birthdays and weddings and work and just a bunch of different things. And I decided I would just dedicate one day to only doing my videos. I didn't That's see awesome. clients that day. It really was. It, it just made me feel so good. But I didn't see clients. I didn't research or write. I didn't see friends. I didn't do housework. I did nothing but got dressed up. I got my makeup on and I set up my <laughs> recording area. And boom, I knocked out five videos in like wow. two hours. It was That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It just, I felt so free and accomplished, you know? And I just had no idea how much weight I was carrying around worrying about getting these done and how much stress it was causing me every time I would have to move that date to the next day um, on my calendar. And I was just really able to give more of myself in the videos because I wasn't distracted by anything else. Yeah. So it was a huge win for me. That is awesome. Good job. Thank you. Let's begin. Today we're going to focus on communication. And we're going to discuss five steps to better communication to benefit you and improve your relationships. So what is communication and why does it matter? Well, quite simply, it's the transfer or exchange of information from one person to another. And communication is how we express ourselves, our needs, our wants, our desires. It's how we share what's in our hearts and minds with others around us. It can also be the cause of undue stress and confusion if not done in a healthy way. Right. It can lead to anger and resentment <laughs> and frustration, right? That never happens. Right. <laughs> So why is healthy communication so important? Well, healthy communication is not just about taking, but about giving too. meaning mm -hmm. that we don't just express ourselves, our own thoughts, feelings, and opinions, but we listen to others as well. So if you're not willing to be on the receiving end of communication, don't expect others to listen to you. Right. Maybe they will, but my guess is you'll be met with resistance or your thoughts and feelings will not be received or accepted. And healthy communication fosters a bond between people because it creates a safe space to share your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. And it creates the atmosphere that you matter, that your thoughts and beliefs are important to your mate, your family, your friends. And you learn that even if you disagree, that you're valued and understood. And that can only give you confidence and security as you're able to freely express yourself. Right. Also, you avoid the resentment and anger that can creep up as a result of poor communication. And healthy communication also teaches your children how to get what they want and need without reacting, without throwing the fits that they like to do when they don't get what they want or need. And you're teaching them a healthy way to express themselves without shaming them into the behavior that you want to see from them, because that is so easy to do. And you're just modeling that emotional health with healthy communication. And scripture tells us in James 1.19 to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And the reason for this is because in our haste, we make it seem as though what we have to say is way more important than what others have to say. We may truly believe that, but our actions will show others that they are insignificant and not worth listening to, even if that's not our intention. 
And do we really want to be viewed as uncaring and above them? I know I don't. And I want to show love through my action of listening and communicating effectively. Otherwise, why am I in that particular relationship anyway? Right. You know, I love what you just said about healthy communication, especially the part about listening. Mm -hmm. You know, that reminds me of that, that little kid who's like, listen, Linda, listen. (laughs) 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 But listening is so important. And in order to have healthy communication, there needs to be that active listening. Mm -hmm. And that promotes understanding and connectivity. Understanding goes out the window, more focused on what your thoughts and feelings are, rather than active listening to what your partner, colleague, or your child is saying. And without active listening, communication becomes like placing a phone call to a fax machine. Yes. Yeah, you may hear a bunch of noise, but there's no exchange (laughs) of ideas or information. It's just that annoying sound. And it's ultimately a waste of time and just becomes so frustrating. Mm You know, active listening is one of the key things I work with my couples on the most. It's hard to get your point across when the other person isn't hearing or making the effort to truly listen and understand where you're coming from. And when a couple has learned how to actively listen to one another, each person feels safe. They want to open up more and even more because they know their partner hears them and is validating their thoughts and feelings. And it's easier to be transparent when there's that sense of safety in being able to communicate with one another. And also active listening opens the door to do just that. And once both partners feel safe, solutions come more easily and it builds that intimacy in relationships that is often missing. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to talk about now what it, what unhealthy communication is and why it causes problems. So unhealthy communication is when we just can't seem to get our point across or we can't get the other person to hear us or our perspective. And it's interesting because often it's not even that we want to be right. We just want to be acknowledged and heard. We want yes. to know that someone is paying attention to us and what we're saying. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a session with a couple and I'm listening to them communicate, but neither one is truly hearing the other. It's just like you said well ago with your clients. They're so busy loading their verbal assault gun with more words, words yep. that affirm their own point of view and defend their beliefs, but nothing to calm, affirm, or comfort their mate. And it amazes me that they believe forcing their belief on their mate will actually win them to the other side. It never works. No. You know why? It never works because you can't change another person's belief. You cannot force them to change their response, just like they can't force you to change yours. Another example of unhealthy communication is no communication. I have had couples tell me, oh, we never fight. And I'm like, because you're not communicating. If you were, (laughs) you would probably have a fight. And that's okay, (laughs) as long as you know how to navigate it. But when you stonewall your spouse or friend because you're angry, frustrated, or confused, or whatever, you don't even open up the opportunity for a conversation. And then what happens? Nothing. And you become even more angry and resentful. Family and friends cannot read your mind. 
So learn to open up, have the courage to express yourself in a healthy way. I tease my husband because I'm like, if you would just read my mind, then we would not have an issue. <laughs> but he hasn't he learned how to do that yet. <laughs> he hasn't. He's gone through training so many times and he just can't get it right. <laughs> Maybe one more time. <laughs> Maybe one more. <laughs> but the point is he can't read my mind so I have to learn to communicate in a healthy way and you know some even more damaging forms of communication are physical and emotional attempts to control the other person because when it comes about control rather than communication you're just setting yourself up for failure and when we get get physical to prove our point this helps no one it's dangerous and laying hands on someone to prove a point proves nothing but that you're a bully Right. And we're not talking self-defense here. We're talking abusive behavior. You're communicating that it's perfectly fine to communicate with violence. And emotionally abusive communication is also not helpful because it simply shows your loved one that you only care about your thoughts and feelings and that they better just agree with you. And poor communication does nothing but harm the relationships and yourself. And as I mentioned earlier, poor communication or lack of healthy communication skills causes stress, broken relationships, frustration, mm -hmm. anger, resentment, unforgiveness, confusion, pain, and suffering, and is completely unnecessary. Poor communication can make us look foolish and it stirs up anger. And Proverbs 18.2 says that fools take no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. You know, when you said a couple of minutes ago that it amazes me that couples believe forcing their belief on their mate will actually win them to their side. Mm -hmm. That is such a powerful statement because it's true. In fact, it does the complete opposite. It forces yeah. them further apart. Yeah. When we're defensive and attacking, because that's what it is, it's not communicating. And we're so focused on our own point of view. What it does is, like you said, builds resistance from someone who actually wanted to be on your side initially. Mm -hmm. And it increases their resentment and builds a chasm between you. And the reality is when you keep regurgitating your point of view, what you're really saying is not your point of view. What you're saying is, hear me, hear me, validate me, love me, accept me. I'm good enough. I want you to believe I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. It's no longer even about the point. Right. It's about trying to heal something else that's a deeper wound in them, but they're doing it at the expense of their partner. And their partner could give them those things to validate them if yeah. they would just take a step back. Uh -huh. <laughs> In that approach, you will never get what you want. And so it's interesting that they think forcing their belief will get them that. And when I ask couples, how's that working for you? <laughs> Always they look dumbfounded and go, well, it's not. <laughs> and then I say, well, if it's not working, then why do you go back to this behavior? It's not getting you what you want, but you know, it's that learned thing, whether they learned mm -hmm. it from childhood or just growing up in other relationships, that's how they have learned that communication works. But usually it's at that point, they recognize that they need to make a change in themselves in order to make the cycle of pain and frustration stop. And that if they want to get what they need, they have to do something differently. Yes, exactly. And there's actually five steps that I recommend to my clients that are just proven effective in doing that something different. And it all starts with awareness. 
be aware of all forms of communication. How are you expressing yourself? How are you expressing yourself verbally, non-verbally? Are you being aggressive? Are you being peaceful or understanding? Is it because you want your agenda taken care of? Or is there a mutual respect and a desire to hear the other person? Mm -hmm. So bring some awareness to yourself. The second step is focused attention. Don't be distracted by the phone, kids, television, especially if you're trying to have a really important conversation. Get rid of all distractions. Give the other person your full undivided attention. Let it be known that you care and you are in the conversation. Notice your body language and your tone because that can even communicate to them that you're not listening. If you're turned sideways and have your arms crossed, that's going to tell them I'm here, but not really. Right. And respond appropriately. Don't react in a way that will further the communication, not shut it down. Mm -hmm. Third, look for cues. Don't think that just because your mate, kids, or friends take a pause in their communication that you should step in and say what you want to say next. If you're giving the focused attention, you will note if they are finished speaking or not. If you interrupt their thought by jumping in to respond, then you may set the conversation back or shut them down when they're not done communicating a thought. This can mm -hmm. even happen in coaching and counseling. And as coaches, it's really important that we do this, that we yes. wait for our client to finish their thought and to really take note, look for those cues that they're actually done speaking. And if you're the one speaking and you get interrupted, communicate that you would like to finish your thought. You don't have to get all mad and go, well, I wasn't done. <laughs> all you have to say is, I need to say one more thing. And most likely they'll let you go ahead and finish your thought or your statement. So fourth, like Heidi mentioned, um, learn and use active listening skills. This is where you're focused and listening to what the other person is saying. And rather than thinking of a comeback or a defense, you mirror or parrot what they're saying. And you're not parroting like the exact words or anything like that, mm -hmm. but you're just mirroring the meaning of what they're trying to say. What message are they trying to convey to you? If you don't know and can't repeat what they just told you, ask clarifying questions or just give it a shot. Just say, is this what you were trying to say? Or this is what I heard or something that just shows them that you're making an attempt to hear what they're saying. If they tell you that's not it, give them another chance to tell you again what they said and then mirror again till you really hear them and you can just repeat this just practice it back and forth until you finally really get it and the right. final step is bringing it all together and confirming their communication not only are you hearing their message but you're putting it into context into a deeper message so for example a client of mine was expressing to her husband that she wants him to step up and start doing the dishes once in a while after after dinner, especially when she's just spent an hour cooking dinner for him and their children. He was frustrated because he didn't see the big deal and why she was making such a fuss over dinner and dishes <laughs> since she cooks only twice a week anyway and he works all day long. But she was communicating the circumstance that she would like help with the dishes after she spends time cooking the meal. She's tired of being the only one to do the dishes and cook. So her husband simply needed to mirror that she's tired of doing everything herself. Right. He doesn't have to agree with her. He just needs to empathize and say, oh, I get it. You're, you're just tired. You're tired of doing both of these. He's got his own thoughts and opinions about this. But at this point, there's no need to express those thoughts. His right. wife simply needs to be heard. So he might say something like, 
you're frustrated you just cooked a big meal and now you also have to clean it up after we finish the meal and you just want some help is that right and she would say yes and then she'd feel heard she'd feel visible she'd feel like he really gets why she's frustrated right and she could then ask for help on the nights that she wants help she may not want help every night but once in a while it's okay for her to ask that and she's not only communicating that she would like the help she's saying she feels loved when someone takes notice that she does both the cooking and the cleaning up and just how wonderful it would feel for someone to take that load off of her from time to time what was previously communicated to her in her mind was that because no one helped no one cares about her and she's feeling invisible and unappreciated her husband was then able to confirm he heard her he understood what she's saying still may not agree but he heard her and he would be willing to help and that he had no idea that that's how she felt about it. I love that you said that and pointed out really, it was an underlying belief that she had, but she needed to feel that validation and just that acceptance and love that she mattered and just being able to validate that and communicate that to her made a difference to her so she could feel present and accepted and loved. And so that was excellent. It reminds me of um, something that happened with my daughter just even yesterday. So she and I, she's 17, getting ready to fly the coop, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and, you know, thinks everything she says and does is the way things should be. (laughs) It's not frustrating (laughs) to a parent at all, but she and I have gone the rounds back and forth about communication the last few weeks. And sometimes she'll say, mom, you're just not hearing what I'm saying. And as a coach who teaches people how to communicate, that feels like the ultimate slap in the face. And so I've really made a conscious effort after things have settled down to go back and say, I'm sorry that I didn't let you feel heard. So whatever it was that I was doing was making you feel that way. I'm here. I'm present. Please tell me what you were trying to share. And then we discuss it. And so after that, I've been like, okay, I hope that sank in and I hope that solved the problem. Well, yesterday she was at school and she had an issue with her choir director who scheduled some practice sessions for UIL. And it was during the time when she normally works and she's just about to get her driver license and it's her requirement in our home that she pay for her car insurance and her work has established different blocks that you have to work in because of COVID. They don't want different shifts exposing other shifts and it's a way to protect everybody. So she really can only work her shifts and they just happened, these practices just happened to fall during her shift. And so she was trying to communicate this to her instructor and he just blew up at her and she got more and more frustrated to the point where she had a panic attack at school and ended up in the counselor's office and um, ultimately she called me and she said hey mom can I talk to you and I was like of course you can what's going on and she started talking about what was happening and her frustrations and I let her just vent and get as much out and I just said so what you're feeling frustrated about is when you try to express your concern to your teacher Number one, he didn't give you time and space to allow you to present what you were feeling. 
And second, he also was resistant to helping you find a solution so that you could either work or have a workaround for these times. Is that correct? Yes. And then she started crying because she Aww. felt heard. Aww. And she's like, thank you. I needed to hear that. And so it was a good tender moment between she and I, but it also was good to see that we work through that yeah, together as awesome. a mom and daughter. And so, you know, she came home and thanked me again. And, and that makes me feel better, especially with her about to leave. I want to make sure yeah. that we are on that same page and in a good space and that mm. we continue that bond when she leaves. And then it also remind me of being in the third grade. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I, what I meant to say is that's random. <laughs> Carry on. It was just yesterday. <laughs> plus 40 years. <laughs> it's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was in the third grade, I had this great teacher, Mrs. Greenbaum, and she challenged all of us as students to go home and to write out step-by-step -step instructions on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the next day, she was going to bring all the ingredients together, and we were going to build these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches according to the instructions that we gave her. And so I went home at night, and I remember I spent a really good amount of time writing out my instructions. The next day, we came in, and she had a table, and she had the bread, and the peanut butter, and the knife, and the jam, and she said, all right we can all have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for each instruction that's done correctly. And there are like 30 kids in the class and we're like, oh, this is awesome. We're gonna have all these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and so she starts with the first one and she pulls out the paper and it says, put the bread in front of you. So she takes the big loaf and puts it in front of her, put on the peanut butter. So she takes the jar of peanut butter and sets it on top of the loaf <laughs> of bread. And then it said, put on the jam. So she takes the jelly and puts it on top of the bread. She's like, anybody going to eat this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And we were like all in shock because it was clear there were not enough instructions. So she put everything back and grabbed the next paper. And the next person takes some bread in your hand. So she takes the bag of bread in her hand, takes some <laughs> peanut butter, put it on it. So she takes the peanut butter and put jar and sticks it on it. And then she takes the jam and does the same thing and this happens over and over and over <laughs> and our faces just drooped and got more and more sad because we weren't going to have a sandwich it was becoming very clear <laughs> thankfully there were a few people who progressed more and it was open the bag of bread so she opened it take out two slices of bread okay so she took out two slices of bread then it said open the jar of peanut butter <laughs> and so she opened the jar of peanut butter and then she said put the peanut butter on the bread well again here's an open jar of peanut butter uh -huh. so she took the open jar of peanut butter and put it on the bread <laughs> we're like oh. <laughs> and this kind of progressed thankfully finally the very last paper she pulled somebody had actually done all the steps open the bag, put the bread down on the table or on a plate, twist off the lid of the jar, take a knife, put the knife into the peanut butter, take peanut butter that's on the knife and spread it onto the bread and every single step until it was completed. 
And so we were really excited somebody actually was able to do it. But her whole point of that exercise was that, you know, communication, we assume a lot. We assume context. Just because we have the historical facts doesn't mean that the other person does. And that we need to speak in a way to others or communicate in a way to others so they can be on the same page that we are. And that was just such a powerful representation, probably because I was hungry at the time and I was yeah. afraid, but, <laughs> but it really did uh, strike a chord with me. And so I will always remember that in terms of communication and that need to be specific and to bring people along with me so that they're on the same page with me when trying to communicate. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Communication. And like you said, being specific, the details of your communication matter and they're so important because it can really harm relationships if you lack the skill to communicate effectively and with details enough to provide what you're trying to relay to the other person. And a moment ago, you know, in your in your examples, you talked about, you know, giving more information and the more information we can give, the better. Otherwise, the person you're communicating with may miss an important detail, like you said in the peanut butter example, and then that brings your message all together. So you've got to remember those details, those important details and relay them. And remember when you're communicating, you're really simply sharing information. This information is most often an opinion, a perspective, or a point of view. So to argue someone's opinion is pointless. Mm -hmm. If you're sharing a fact, that's one thing. But an opinion, it's pointless to argue that. A fact is what can be proven in a court of law. So become Mm -hmm. aware of what the other person is saying. And especially if if it's not a fact, respond in a way that shows you understand what's being communicated. There's no need to argue it. Ask yourself, is this a fact they're sharing? Because that's one thing. Or is this their perspective of the information they're relaying to me? That's another. If it's Mm -hmm. not a fact, then you go into the conversation with more of an open heart and mind, and you can have a powerful, deep conversation without the stress and frustration that you might be used to. Listen to them, mirror them, and truly try to see their perspective. Then when it's your opportunity, because you will have an opportunity to share your thoughts and perspective, so don't get it wrong and think this is just a one-way communication. You'll have your opportunity, then you can share with them and ask them to see your thoughts through the same lens that they just got to experience with you. It brings us closer together for deeper, more meaningful relationships. And communication is about connection. Connection by sending messages back and forth to one another. Communication connects us to those around us, to those that we want to be in a relationship with. By communicating with love and compassion and effective skills, you're setting yourself up for a wonderful long-term relationship and community. And when we don't try to understand or communication is poor, we can become resentful. By clarifying any misunderstanding, we combat the pain that poor communication can cause and we elevate our relationships to new heights. Your challenge this week is to practice the five steps of communication that we discussed. You're going to practice those with a loved one and teach them the process. Practice with them because they'll be more open to hearing you. Then practice with a stranger. Just pick a topic. Any topic, doesn't matter what it is, can be big or small. Pick a topic and try it. You will be amazed where this will take your heart and mind, and you will see how pleasant conversations can really be 
even if you disagree. We want you to tell us about your experience. That's it for today. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Like and follow Sarah and Heidi on their Facebook page, Tolbert and McLean Coaching, and share with them your stories, thoughts about today's episode, and let them know what topics you'd like for them to discuss. If you have any questions for Sarah and Heidi, or would like to schedule a coaching session, you can email them at tolbertandmcleancoaching at gmail.com. See you next week.